Hi there, it's Mai here, and you're listening to Heart to Heart with Mai, a show where conversation straight from the heart is what it's all about. Weekly, I share my own personal life and business lessons, along with conversations with my guests, who may be an old friend or a new friend, a mentor, a coach, but what's important is that they all have a story that teaches, inspire, and motivate me to live to my highest potential. My purpose is that through our stories and life lessons, you will be reminded of the unlimited potential that you also have, and together we bring humanity to the next level, changing one life at a time, starting with yours. Hi, you're listening to episode 13, my interview with the founder of CEO Parent, Mr. Jeremy Cortez, where we discussed about parenthood and running a business. We talked about the parallels in both roles and why it seems like why parents may be too busy to even consider starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur, but this might be the best time for them to do so. So listen and enjoy the conversation. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Thank you so much for being on here. So for those that do not know you and your story, can we just start off with you sharing a bit about that journey? How did you even came to become the entrepreneur you are today? <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, fumbling forward. Um, the simplest way to answer this, my mom helped me uh, kind of groom me when I was a kid. Um, she had her businesses. I worked with her for a while. Uh, I started my first business when I was 19 and um, failed at mostly every business that I created up until the point where I became a parent. Uh, once I became a parent, uh, things kind of started clicking and I had my first successful business. And from there, I kind of just, I realized if nine out of 10 businesses fail, create 10 businesses and one of them will succeed. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. I will just uh, figure out how to make things work and um, have fun along the way. Wow, that's amazing. You pointed that out that you started many business prior to becoming a parent. So tell me what was so in terms of becoming a parent that really helped you uh, succeed in business. Um, and then perhaps we can talk about what you're currently doing right now as well. It's good. It's a great question because again, I, I was trying to figure out how to create a successful business, hit certain benchmarks, et cetera, et cetera. When I had my son, my first son, what happened was it limited my time because I was forced to be more efficient, um, I was home three days out of the week, which meant that I had three days out of the week that I could not work. Mm -hmm. um, but having said all that, again, I just got more efficient. I got more focused. And a lot of the parallels between business and parenting kind of came up for me. How I do things in business is how I do things at home. And so the more I was um, being a father, the more I actually started seeing some of the same traits, habits, et cetera, in my business. So that compounding effect of me doing one thing and having to do the exact same thing with a different hat on kind of made things grow a lot faster. And so I got my 10,000 hours that much quicker just because I was doing it. I was doing the skill in multiple occasions. Mm, thank you for pointing that out. You know what? You definitely, um, 
point out something that I totally agree because as a serial entrepreneur, I look back at my journey prior to becoming a parent. And then after becoming a parent, I realized it's funny how we, as we become a parent, we then look back and said, how on earth did we complain that we had no time before? Right? <laughs> Isn't that True. something that we always say when we didn't have kids is, oh, I'm too busy. Like, I, I got no time to do this, you know, that would take. And then you become a parent and you start doing more and more. And you're like, wow why was I doing all this with all my time before I must have been sleeping because if I can manage these kids and doing all these things so exactly like what you said so let's talk about the businesses that you've launched then after becoming a parent can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah, absolutely. So um, my, I'll say my transition business was a photography business. Uh, what I mean by that is I started that business prior to having my first son. Um, and again, after I had him, the very next year, I hit every single goal I ever created when I started the business five, six years ago, or three or four years ago, I can't remember the math. But the very next year I hit all of my metrics. And it was one of and these were the metrics that were the impossible goals. So um, I just had all this compounding success, but it was very interesting that I hit all my goals. And then what happened was the very next year, as I made a new uh, set of goals, benchmarks, et cetera, for the business, I lost steam. Um, I kind of caught my whale and then I said, oh no, what now what? And I started looking at the goals that were the next level of what I've created. So if I made, if my goal was to make a dollar the first year, the next natural goal would be to make $2. Well, I was looking at that goal and I said, I don't want that. And then so I started looking at other goals. It's like, well, well do I want to photograph more celebrities? No, not really. Well, do you want to be published in more magazines? No, not. And I just started questioning what happened. You know, where was the spark? Was it just the goal or was it the real business that I wanted to create? Well, um, fast forward a couple of years, um, I was still in photography, but I decided that I knew that a recession was coming um, and I knew that being a business photographer, that the first thing that ends up happening is businesses cut marketing. So I knew that my business would be heavily affected by it. So I wanted to create something new. I didn't know what it would be, but all I knew was it's like, well, what do I, what do I know? And at the time serendipity happens and all of my friends would look at me and say, Jeremy, you know, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I could start a business. I wish I went to business school so I could start a business like you. And all of, all of my friends, we all have kids relatively around the same age. And I basically said, you know, you actually have business experience. You just call it parenting. And they're saying, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, off the top of my head, it's like, you've got two kids. Do they fight? Well, yes, they do. Okay, well, guess what? You have HR experience. You know, and, and I just started making up all, and if you, if you have a three-year-old and they listen to you on a semi-weekly basis, you have negotiating skills. If you can get your child to listen to you some of the time, you can convince any adult to buy a product or service because I guarantee you, no one's going to have more leverage on you than your child. Mm -hmm. But if they can listen to you, then any adult out there that has no leverage on you, oh yeah, it's a cakewalk. And so I just started coming up with all of these ideas and, you know, what ended up happening was I said, well, okay, these are all great ideas. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And at the time, one of my friends said, you know, I'm writing a book. And I, and I looked at that and I said, I could never write a book. 
And then I said, oh, that's interesting. Why can't I write a book? And then I have this conditioning in me where it says, I can't do that. Well, I guess I'm going that way. Or that terrifies me. Well, I guess I'm going that way because I just have this psychology where if I don't think I can't do it, then I have to do it because the only thing that's stopping me is me. And so to make a long story long, uh, the second business was created. It was from uh, the book that I wrote it's called Parenting a Business, where it basically uh, talks about how to start a business from scratch using parenting terms. And after I wrote the book, it did really well. And people started asking me, well, can you help me, you know, start a business? And I'm like, guys, what are you guys doing? This book right here, there is literally chapter three is where you start. Chapter 12 is where you have more kit. I, I wrote out my exact formula of how to start a business. And they're saying, well, no, I want you to help me. And I said, oh, I didn't think about that. Okay, well, how would I do it? And so I created this consultancy called uh, CEO Parent. And what we do is we basically help parents either start their businesses or level up from where they are to where they want to go. Mm, amazing. <laughs> By the way, congrats on writing your book. How, okay. how did you, let's talk about that. You know, many people actually said in their lifetime, they like to write a book, but I mentioned this before thinking about writing a book and like it, you know, liking the idea doesn't mean you're going to get it done. Right. So how, how did you actually um, be able to, what's that process like for you to create that book? Well, it was, it was very interesting because I started the process a week prior to my second son being born. Mm. And I will actually elaborate a little bit on this. So serendipity happens. I decide I want to write a book. Through the grapevine, I end up getting introduced to um, someone named Kim O'Hara. Kim, if you're listening, hi, I love you. Uh, she And we ended up talking for a while and she ended up becoming my book coach. What is a book coach? A book coach was somebody, at least for me, where she basically helped uh, design the outline and then she held me accountable to write 12 weeks straight, 12 chapters, one chapter a week. We had the outline and she said, Jeremy, just write. Then she would go in and edit it or at least look at it, see my writing style, make critiques, and then have me adjust. By chapter 12, I already, or chapter 10, I already knew what she was going to say. So I kind of, you know, did everything accordingly. Mm -hmm. So by chapter 12, it was already done. Um, and so the interesting thing was I told her, I said, my second son's being born soon. Do you think it's a good idea to start this process? Because it was a committed 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, do you think it's a good idea to start this process now? Or should I wait until after my son is born and I get a new routine going? And she's a parent and she said, Jeremy, you need to start this before he starts walking. I said, Ooh, that's a good point. And so, so for 12 weeks, um, I went to a very, uh, a library that is near and dear to my heart. It's got a lot of great energy. And every single day I wrote for 12 weeks straight. And by the end of 12 weeks, and there are days where I'm like, gosh, I'm such a great writer. And then there are other days it's like, why am I even doing this? <laughs> After a certain point. So for anyone out there who thinks that, oh, everyone's a born writer, no. I am not that person, but I held myself accountable. I had somebody hold me accountable as well. I had someone guide me. 
And then I just did it. You know, how do you, the journey of a thousand, um, a thousand miles begins with that first step. The journey to writing a book is your first page. Mm-hmm. And so you just dedicate time. And the best part, the best advice I've ever gotten was write for the wastebasket. What does that mean? Mm. Don't write to be perfect. Write so that things can just flow. Just let it come out of you. Mm. Because a lot of the times it's not you. It's, you know, with, if you want to get spiritual, like there's, there's something inside of you that's being funneled through, and you're just a channel. Mm-hmm. for it you're just the channel for this information so in order to be a fluid channel you have to get the gunk out which is the imposter syndrome which is the i can't do it and then at a certain point you just keep writing mm. thank you for that tip by the way <laughs> yes because i feel that as uh readers as often we read these uh great books and we're like wow these people were meant or born to be writers <laughs> right and then when you actually listen to a lot of the writer interviews, even like a lot of these New York uh, best, you know, New York Times bestselling authors said, you know what, I never thought I was a writer. And I just had this story I needed to share, I just wanted to help people. And then when I share it, I mean, there, it, you know, of course, you had the help of a book coach and many people also have mentors or book coach or editors that help. So you definitely recommend having someone to help you guide through that process versus just kind of going at it alone and just kind of spending some time and writing it out. To each their own. You know, when you want to lose weight, which is better, uh, South Beach or intermittent fasting or juicing or, you know, whatever, they all work. Mm-hmm. But it's the question then becomes what will work for you? For me, I like having somebody external of me to hold me accountable because I like being held accountable by somebody else to a, to a certain degree. I also like that guidance and I also like to complain. So, <laughs> so there are times when I just need to let things out and she was my beautiful punching bag where she was just like, you're okay, keep writing. I had the flu one week and she goes, oh, you have the flu? Okay, take two Advil and write. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. She's like, Jeremy, do your fingers still work? Then write. And I'm like, wow. You're, I'm like, okay, fine. So that's what works for me. Other people, I would just say hire a great editor. Mm. Get all your thoughts on paper and then just let it happen. If you like talking, hire a great ghostwriter. Mm. It's still your words. It's still your content. You just have someone created for you. So to each their own However, But again, the first step really just is, are you committed to doing it? And are you committed to finding your way so that through, you know, blood, sweat and tears, you will be able to have a book by the end of this. Mm. Awesome. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that process. For those of you who want to write your own book, there you go. There are some <laughs> tips. So back to, let's talk about this uh, CEO parent. You know, that's really, um, that's an amazing concept because a lot of us might not relate to the two roles is we often think about running our business as a separate role and then being a parent as uh, a separate role. But you're right, there is just so much alignment. Can you share maybe perhaps some of the major lessons that you've learned uh, from being a parent, I'm, I'm sure these are some of the things that I'm, you talk about with your clients in your consultancy uh, work as well, perhaps sharing some uh, insights um, that if someone can kind of think about their role in the two and how they can marry that and that how they can create more business success. 
it's it's actually quite simple for me. Um, the way I see it is, if you ever listen to any CEO or any business owner, a lot of the times, and you know they don't have kids, a lot of the times they'll just say, "This is my baby," you know, and they're talking about their business. And what is the characteristic of a business? Well, you have to grow it in the beginning. There's a lot of time that you're committed to. Um, nurturing it and growing it and providing values and directing it and making sure it's going to do okay, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what do you do with a baby? You nurture it, you grow, you guide and et cetera, et cetera. So the, the parallels are uncanny. In terms of, I think the biggest thing that most people would benefit from is at least the time management portion of this. Because everyone says, well, I don't have the time. And time for me is very, it's a made up word. Mm. We, use, we use 24 hours in a day as a metric, but what we're really saying is, do we have enough energy? Mm. With your kids, if you're skillful enough, you know that you have to manage your energy with work and home life. There's a certain amount of energy. If you just got done working out, you may have a little bit more energy than if you don't work out, you eat, uh, junk food all day and your metabolism is really low and you work a very stressful job, you're probably not going to have a lot of energy to dedicate to, uh, to the other things in life. But if you are to manage your time and energy in a very efficient way, you will find the efficiencies and you will find the extra pockets of time to do everything that gets that needs to get done. And this all has to do with priority. Yeah. So what most people don't realize is that when they think about work-life balance, they always, well, I imagine that people think about the scale and one side is personal life, one side is professional life. Well, the biggest fallacy is that most people think that this has to be equal. If I spend eight hours of work, then I have to spend eight hours with my kids. That's not, 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 that's not true. What people are missing is that middle ground area where if I were to tip the scale this way, you're going to see a very big dip. So I have to dedicate more time one way versus another. And so what I tell people is when you look at your time, you look at your energy capacity, how much time do you dedicate to your kids? How much time do you want to dedicate to your kids? Very similarly with business, you're, it's just another kid. And you're basically saying, well, how much time can I dedicate? Tim Ferriss talks about the four-hour work week. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you create a business in four hours a week? Yes, you can. It's going to take longer, but you can do it. So, but again, you can, you can look at how you spend your and allocate your time with your children and kind of embody, well, this really works for me. How do I apply that same technique to work on a concept for a business? Can I, if I only dedicated two hours a day, you hear this all the time. Can, if you want something to get done, you give it to a busy person. Yeah. Like you said, like, you know, like you said before, when we didn't have kids, it's like, oh gosh, we have no time. Now that we have kids, the question is, is it a priority? Mm -hmm. Because is it, if it's a priority, then we will make time. And so when you have the kids for better, or for worse, you can't return them. You can't quit. And so you will make the time and you will make the effort with a business. Do you have a similar commitment, you know, that you do with your kids to where you get to assess the commitment and the, you know, the assessment of whether or not it's worth your time to do. I don't know if that made sense. 
Of course, <laughs> that, that totally makes sense. And I like that how you pointed it out, that commitment, you're right. It's like, most of the time, you you know, you like the thing as parents. And once you created your kids, you, you have no option but to take care of your kids, yeah. right? You're, you're not- There's no more, there's no return policy. <laughs> there is no return policy. And if you have that same thought process going into that business or, and, and not just for the actual business, but just that thought process of saying, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going yes. to make it work. Cause I know uh, business evolve, business change. And at times you pivot, but as long as you're committed to, I'm not returning this idea and I'm continuing to grow and grow and just kind of, I guess, um, chip at it day, day in and day out. Uh, this, this is what I'm actually hearing a lot from a lot of different entrepreneurs who also uh, want to focus on creating a harmonious life, being a parent as well too, right? And I really admire individuals like yourself who also prioritize your family time, being a husband, being a father, as well as your business, uh, because I know that it's easy to just focus on one and make things work right? So do you have a process in terms of um, when you set your, you're choosing your priorities, do you have, I guess, a process where you're saying, this is how much I want to, this is how I'm going to do it with my time so that it helps you to be able to, I guess, juggle everything? Yeah. So um, I use that, so I use that um, balance scale as my, um, as my, uh, as my image of how to create your time. So what balance really means for me is flow. Mm. And that centerpiece that I talk about is nothing more than what do you want to experience? And again, to each their own, there is no right answer to this except for the one that you design. So for me personally, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old currently. They're going to grow. So for me, I want to tip my scale more towards being a parent. What does that mean? That means I have to put more time here in order for this to balance out. So there's probably, so what that means is I work four hours a day. Mm -hmm. I spend three hours for myself and I spend the rest of my time with my kids. Mm. Why? Why? Because that's what I want. I want to experience being a parent while I'm still their hero. There will be a point when school, and, and, and here's the cool part. Once school reopens and both of them are in an eight hour period school, that means I get to dedicate more time to the business. Then I get to work eight hours a day, et cetera, et cetera. And then once they go off to college, then I get to work 16 hours a day. Except, and so yeah. that scale can, and that's how you find your flow. The, the only question you have to ask is what are you paying to tip that scale? So what does that mean? If I dedicate most of my time to my children, that means I only work four hours a day. That means I only work, you know, times uh, six days, because I work six days out of the week. That's 24 hours a week versus traditional 40. What's the cost? What's the price? The price is I won't get to my goals sooner. Mm. That's okay for me, for me. Mm -hmm. I'm okay paying that price because I want to watch my kids grow up. I know other people, they're like, no, 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 no. 
I need to get there sooner. Because, and their logic can be, well, I want to get there sooner so that I can be there in the, with more money and we can have more options and da, 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 da. And I can be there when the, the times are more pivotal and grooming and creating their adult life to each their own. So the way that you actually figure out your life, you know, your, your personal and professional balance is by really asking yourself, what do I want to experience for me? Independence of what my spouse says, independence of what my, my kids say, independent of what my parents say, et cetera, et cetera. What do I want? Mm -hmm. And knowing that, then you ask the question, what is the price I'm going to pay by getting that? And if the answer is, and if when you decide that for yourself, and then you say, I'm willing to pay that price, then you get your flow. You hit the uh, nail right there when you said it's the question we have to ask ourselves. And I think that a lot of the times uh, we, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs start their business thinking that, hey, it's going to create all this income or is, is this money and we justify that it's okay to work these 16 hours a day, whatever it is to eventually get to that point. But recently in the last couple of years, as I've done a lot more personal development and just kind of like really spending the time asking myself, I realized how is it that we justify um, not having at all any time for these beings why we're saying that we're running this for them and they're there you know kind of like so hungry for attention so hungry for yes. our time and we keep on justifying that we're doing this for their future and you look in their eyes and they don't seem to understand that they're like no i want <laughs> mommy and daddy now <laughs> yes amen the future and uh, i i love that and i think it's a lot of us have to come back and ask ourselves that question what are we doing this for right and i, yes. I do notice a trend of a lot of entrepreneurs especially uh, a lot of the recent guests that i have on who have really shared that at the end of the day their life uh, at, their biggest role is a parent and so they have to design their life and their work around that. And it's good to know that um, from running CEO parent as a company, you do have solutions to help everyone. Because I think a lot of people think that being entrepreneur just means that you're going to have to commit like crazy hours every day. And yes, you can. But like you said, what are the payoffs, right? And so there are different solutions. And I, in, in your company, CEO Parent, I guess you really help entrepreneurs or people who want to become an entrepreneur to really answer that question first. Is that correct? So that they can design everything around that? It's, it's very interesting because most people, when I first talk to them, the first question they ask me is, what should I do? <laughs> and... For me personally, should is the most, it's the worst curse word that we've ever come up with. For me, should, because it's, because everyone is going to say, you should do this. You should do that. Yeah. And I, and I tell people, I don't know what you should do. What should you do? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I say, this is your life. I don't know what you should do. What do you want? When you tell me what you want, then I can give you options of how to get there. It's like if we were to say that I live in San Francisco and I want to drive to New York. Okay. There are a lot of different ways to get there. 
I can go up north through uh, Washington and um, ski uh, ski in Seattle or wherever the case and then head to Montana and then also go and um, horseback ride, maybe get some cheese in Wisconsin and eventually head up to New York. Or I can take the Southern route and go to Texas, get some barbecue, go to Louisiana, get a po' boy sandwich, go to and go up, get a Philly cheesesteak from Philadelphia. And but which is right? I don't know. What do I want to experience? Mm. And that will then determine my actions. And that's the, that's the thing. Every and the, the, what I've realized about well, the reason why I help people with business is because my desire is to help you be successful. Now that we all know from personal development that starts within here. Mm -hmm. But what I've also come to terms with is that most of the time we can't describe what this is, mm -hmm. but we can describe with a logical brain how we act in business. So we're using this, uh, the, the thinking part of our brain instead of the feeling part of our brain that basically says, well, this is how you do things. Why are you doing it that way? Well, because when I was a kid, I, I was told that I needed to do it this way. Does that feel right to you? No. Okay. Would you like to go a different route? Because mm -hmm. it's possible. And so when someone comes to me, they are the driver. I'm just, I'm going to date myself by saying I'm the TomTom. I'm the MapQuest. I am the Google Maps. I am Waze. I'm just showing you how to get there based on what you want, but you're the driver. Mm. And there's a lot of different ways to get to the same place. We just want to figure out the one that's most enjoyable for you. Mm. Yes, that's it, right? It's about having that uh, process and that journey where it's you're finding joy along the way, right? Otherwise, yes. we're hearing a lot of stories of people being stressed out, anxiety, depression, all sorts of different things. Uh, that can happen as you go on this journey, which is meant to be a marathon, not a race. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I have to say that to myself, because sometimes I, I feel as an entrepreneur, when you get into the goob of things, you just want to keep on going at it until you realize you need to have that break and you need to kind of spend that time with the people around you as well. Um, so now I know that in the last year so recently um continue on as part of your business you've also decided to launch a podcast as well too can you can you share a little bit about that journey so this was this was serendipity so i actually didn't want to create a podcast um my the the way i phrased it is i didn't want to be one of those people and now look at me, right? Well, what ended up happening was um, I borrowed a, a microphone from a friend out of curiosity. And I, I reached out to a, a parent friend of mine who's wildly successful. And I said, I'm thinking about trying to do a podcast. Would you, would you do an interview with me just for fun? I don't know if we're going to do it. I'm just, I'm just curious. And he goes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so again, I'm borrowing my friend's microphone and I'm just fumbling for it. I put a shoji screen behind me and we just talk for like an hour and I just press record. And by the end of it, I looked at him and I said, that was amazing. Mm. And he goes, it really was. I want to do one now. And I'm like, this was, this is fun. <laughs> and then I started, I started reaching out to people and I said, I got this idea. I want to interview parents 
who have businesses, because I want to promote business to parents, showing them that they can do it. And I want to talk to every type of parent, single parent, parent with two kids, parent of 10 kids, millionaire parents, parents who just started their business. I want to talk to everybody. And the more people that, the more of my friends that started finding out about this, they said, oh yeah, I can see that for you. <laughs> and I'm like, you knew? I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me? This is like, Jeremy, you love to talk and people love to listen to you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it was, you know, the stars aligned. And, and so I, I rolled with it. I, I made it up and I just rolled with it. I, and, and here's the other thing too. So I'll say this. I told you I had a photography business. One of the things I do not like, ironically, is social media. What do I mean by that? I don't like maintaining social media. I do not want to be an influencer per se. I don't want to, be, I'm going to say it again. I don't want to be one of those people. So, and I'll probably will, but I don't want to be one of those people who does this every day and says, Hey guys, what's up? You know, I'm going to inspire you. I don't, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to babysit, but what I did say was I recognize that social media is pivotal for the business that I want to create. So how do I do it without being on all the time? Yeah. Wait a minute. There's a guy named Joe Rogan. He ends up doing this podcast. He's worth a hundred million dollars now. What does he do all day? He talks to people. And then what, what happens from those talks? He cuts them up into small little slivers and I see them all over the internet and they're little highlight reels. Is it possible for me to do these podcasts, cut them up into highlight reels. And now that's my social media material. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so now I was able to experience what I want to experience, leverage a tool called social media without doing the things that I did not want to do, which was this all day. <laughs> so this is, this is the, when I tell people there are many ways to get to a certain destination, you just have to be artistic and clever enough Mm -hmm. And you have to know what you want to experience. So mm -hmm. that's how the podcast came about. Yes. And the name of the podcast is The Talk, right? The Talk. <laughs> Tell me a bit about that, why you chose that. <laughs> you know, so as parents, I'm dreading the day when I'm going to have to go to my sons and say, son, we need to have a talk. <laughs> and so I thought about that and I said, well, let's make fun of that for a second. Let's, let's, so as I'm scolding, for lack of a better term, or educating parents, I said, well, let's have fun with this. And my, our tagline is very simple. It's parents, it's time for us to have the talk. <laughs> and, and again, this is one of the things that I gravitate to is having fun. So if it's fun, if it's fun and if it makes me laugh, I don't, if it makes you laugh, awesome. If it makes me laugh, I'm going for it because I like, this is my pleasure. This is my self-expression. So that's how I came up with it. It was just this, I dread the day when I have to say, you know, Sebastian, Elliot, we need to have a talk. And I said, well, I dread that day, but I might as well practice now. And so parents, it's time for us to have the talk. <laughs> Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> it's quite catchy as well, too. And for those that are listening right now, you want to check out uh, Jeremy podcast. It's called The Talk, a CEO parent podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple podcasts as well, too, right? 
Yes, we just got approved on Apple Podcast. Yes, he interviewed quite a lot of uh, different parent entrepreneur. And, you know, I had a chance to listen to some of them. And it's amazing why there's a lot of differences. There's just so much similarities. And when you listen to all the stories, you realize that, yeah, as a parent, we go on this, uh, this same journey. And there's just a lot of different things that we can see that, hey, whatever challenge we can think of, other parents are having that challenge too. And they're still managing all these businesses. So it actually kind of helped take away a lot of the excuses or the reason why, as you said, being a parent should even allow you to even be more successful as an entrepreneur versus saying, hey, I'm a parent, I'm too busy, I I can't do this, right? So I like to- bursting that bubble <laughs> and and it's fun and, and i will say this too so again the the way the path to success is very we there's a saying that when, when you say the the goal is set in stone the plan is set in sand mm-hmm. because and what happened was we did what 13 episodes and it was a very simple format we interviewed parents who had a very you know who started their business and we asked how and what was their dynamic? I interviewed a, a mom who had 10 kids, true story. Um, I interviewed a couple of parents who started their business during the pandemic. I interviewed, and just all walks of life. Well, after a certain point, we looked back at the data and we said, okay, you know, we're getting a lot of feedback one way or another, and how do we make it better? So now, 2021, we're actually revamping. What we're doing now is we're creating themed months where we're providing education for parents of different areas that involve your business. So next month is going to be February. We are going to do interviews based on relationships because happy Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. I have my wife coming on and the topic is how do you support your entrepreneurial spouse? Because that woman has been the rock to my foundation for everything that I've ever tried to create. I have somebody from AHN. She is a parent coach. And this is, we talked, we unpacked, uh, oh my gosh, this, this podcast was, was amazing in every sense of the world word. And her, uh, our topic was really based on how to connect with your child and the, and the, the relationship you have with yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. So we talk about relationships. How does that apply to business? When you talk of, discuss the relationships part of the business, that becomes efficient. If you have a stressful home life, how is your business going to be? If you have a great home life, how much better is your business? So each month now we are going to have themed months and we are going to have different people talking about different parts of this theme, different perspectives so that it's no longer just, hi, I'm a parent. I have this perspective of business. It's, well, how does this you know, how does this really pertain to relationships? How does this pertain to time management? How does this, you know, pertain to culture building in a business? So that's how we're revamping this year. I'm really excited to to see how this moves forward. Well, that's exciting. I look forward to listening to your new um, episode as well as you, you. Uh, continue to revamp and reinvent yourself, right? Yes. So yes. that's exciting. Yes. As uh, someone who also decided to dabble onto the podcast world, I totally understand where you're coming from because as I continue to have these conversations, like the one we're having right now. So what I do is I, I have these lives and then I repurpose them into my podcast. 
And I realized since I've been doing a lot of these lives, um, I don't spend a lot of time on social media doing what you're saying, you know, <laughs> like those, uh, you know, those selfie talks and things because there <laughs> is content that I actually enjoy and find valuable that I can reshare, repurpose. And I find there's a lot more meaning to it. And I think prior to that, I felt like I needed, like I'm someone who felt like I needed to stay relevant. And so I would go online and I wanted to continue, but I found it was really taking into my life. Every time I'm out eating, I'm taking a photo of my food or I'm doing that. <laughs> really serve? You know, I, I know deep down um, that's not like really serving me in the way that I wanted to, but I, I, and then to once I found a better way, I, I found it to be more joyful. I'm not saying that's bad at all. I'm saying that, like you said, it's to each his own, right? Some people, that's what they use social media for, just to share what they're up to. But I realized that doing this, um, how we're talking about we creating a podcast or having these deep uh, you know, conversations where we're actually learning from uh, one another, really not only help ourselves but now give us more content and and you you know we live in a day and age where we have to use social media that's that's how i feel because it can really help us spread our message across um and so we just have to learn on how to apply social media in a way that's kind of incongruent with how we want to lead our life as well too is so then uh for yourself, I also noticed talking about social media, you're starting to share a lot of your uh, health and fitness journey, uh, journey on there. You're out and about staying fit. So tell me about that. It, it, and, and there was a post you mentioned that it's been a, a struggle for you. So tell me about that journey about health and fitness, because I, I, I believe that's a big part of our life, which also is a big part of our entrepreneurship uh, journey. Yes. Um... Oh boy. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so uh, health has been a very, it's been my big mountain to climb. It's, it's it, it, prior to where I am today. If when I started this, not journey, when I restarted this journey last year, if you were to ask me, which is easier uh, generating a million dollars or um, losing or getting six pack abs, I would say generating the million dollars. I was just, you know, I just, it was just easier for me because it was very linear in my mind. But I grew up on McDonald's and I grew up on Filipino food, which is mostly fried. And, and so there was this concept where, I, where I've always wanted to have six pack abs. And apparently the rumor is we all have it. But I've never seen mine since I was a child. Like, and, and, and so this was just the biggest monkey on my back where I just never thought I could do it. Um, and so I would have the yo-yo diet where I would lose 20 pounds and I gain back 20, lose 30 pounds, gain back 40. And, this, and I just never could ring the bell. Well, my wife uh, last year said, I want to try something called Whole30. And mind you, I've done, I've done the calorie counting. I've done eating chicken and broccoli and rice for six weeks and hating life. I've done, you know, protein shakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I've done a lot of them. So, but for some reason, so my wife said, I want, I, she wanted to try whole 30 and I said, okay, fine. I'll try it with you. Cause you know, she cooks at home and I don't want her to have to make more meals than she has to. I'll do it with you. Well, Whole30 
was a very good model for me because I didn't have to worry about portion control. I just worry, had to worry about quality of food. Mm. And since my wife is already wor- uh, doing the, the work of figuring out the quality, all I had to do was consume. Mm-hmm. After a month, because you do this for 30 days, after a month, she and I lost 20 pounds, 10, 10 each. And I'm like, and I didn't do portion control at all. I had chips, I had bacon, I had a lot of the things that I enjoy. I had a lot of fruit, et cetera, et cetera. But I had as much as I wanted and I still lost 10 pounds. Unbelievable. After that, what ended up happening was I said, you know, I kind of don't want to deviate from this lifestyle. Lifestyle? This isn't a diet anymore. This is a lifestyle. Okay. And so I remember having rice for the first time, which you're not supposed to have in Whole30, or at least the traditional Asian rice you're not supposed to have in whole 30 and it just made my stomach hurt and this and i'm like this is terrible i don't want to i don't want this anymore and i used to be the person where i used to have a plate i put the rice first and then i would put all the meats and maybe one vegetable last now i'm like i don't want rice i want potatoes i want uh fries i want sweet potato fries etc so that's stuck then i said is it possible for me to get my six-pack abs because I've never gotten them before, because again, this scares me. I don't think I can do it. So i and I said, you know, I've had this goal since I was 20. I'm turning 39. I keep on saying I turn, I'm turning 40, but I'm rounding up. I'm turning 39 this year. And so I said, I want to ring the bell. I want to ring the bell and see these mythical things called abs. So I'm going to commit to this for better or for worse. And so now, um, I'm actually 30 pounds down from my heaviest during 2020. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations, Jeremy. Thank you. That is not an easy thing to do. You mentioned you're a Filipino. I'm Vietnamese. My husband is actually Filipino. And in both of our uh, cultural diets, uh, it's heavily rice-based. So giving up rice is yes. not an easy task. <laughs> <laughs> and I grew up on rice, rice and ketchup. That was my thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, so I guess for you, uh, what did you felt then um, has uh, helped you in that journey? Was that really staying uh, the course or um, I guess because you also were able to consume quality food and you didn't feel that craving at all. And so it was able to help you maintain that. It's the craving is still there from time to time, at least rice. No sugar. Yes. Mm. So um, as I'm, I'm still on this weight loss because I still have another 15 pounds to go. It shows you how heavy I was. Um, I lost 30 and I have another 15, 20 pounds to go. I'm losing a fourth of my weight in order to get to my six pack abs. That's how heavy I was. Um, But I still have these cravings, but I want to ring the bell. Mm. And so what is the payoff? The pay, and I, I will also, I'll also drop this little bit of information. I actually have another business model when I hit my six pack abs. So there is another motivation for me to lose this weight because the next business model I'm creating once I hit this weight, I start seeing things in a different way where I look at a piece, uh, I look at a donut or I look at an ice, uh, you know, some ice cream. And I say, that's a $10,000 donut. You want to pay that price? I'm like, you know, but if you wait until after you get your six pack abs, it's free. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'll wait. And so 
this is what's keeping me on. And this is what works for me. If there's a business model that excites me at the end of the tunnel, I'll stay course. And again, so I look at all the, all the stuff that I want to eat that I still want to eat. And I just say, that's $5,000. But if you wait until after you get your six pack abs, it's free. That is the price I'm willing to pay. And so I just wait. Um, very nice. Great. I know, right? Our, 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 our mind, we have to start, I guess. I, I you got to play. These are, you got to play games with your mind. You got to play with yourself. Yeah. You got to create these incentives or otherwise. And I, I find it's very, you know, the things that we have to do for our own fitness, our own personal growth, for our own business. I mean, and, and parenting, there's a lot of concepts that we have to apply in all of these different areas as well in our life. So now that you've had this, um, so you had CEO parents now for how many years? So technically it started in 2017 or 2018. I took a hiatus in 2019. And then when COVID hit, that was my COVID for me equals recession. So my photography was done, not done, but it was obviously I couldn't do any photo shoots. And so this is when I rebuilt um, CEO parents and we started and we relaunched. So I relaunched uh, CEO parents. I want to say um, June or maybe um, May of 2020. Mm, gotcha. So in, so in the past, prior to, um, I guess your hiatus, you also work with some clients. And then since you relaunched, uh, you're working with some clients. I'm curious, are you able to share, are there any similarities you see that kind of have helped people from just making that jump to even um, getting into business for the, the very first time? You know, the, the thing that I like to uh, stress is simplicity. You know, with all the SEOs and the accounts payables and the contracts and the this and that, business is nothing more than a lemonade stand or a lawn mowing business. You either have a product that you're selling or you have a service-based business that you're selling. If you, if you start thinking in those terms, in the, in the simplicity of a lemonade stand or the simplicity of a lawn mowing business, it becomes a little bit more doable. And the common theme that everyone that I've helped so far has been this, oh, I can do it. And again, it goes back to my personal intention of, I wanna see you succeed. I wanna see you get what you want. I'm going to use this medium of business to help shape how you do things because how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. As I became a parent, I became a better business owner. As people learn about business, they will start doing things differently, which will then trickle along with how they parent, with how they are better spouses, with how they are better human beings. And so everyone that I've helped thus far has given this, oh, I can do it type of response, which is sort of this, yes, we did it. Mm. I like that. And I, like you said, I think we overcomplicate a lot of our processes and we tend to think way too far, everything that could happen could go wrong and we never even start at all. Yeah, correct. I agree. Yeah. So the fact that you're able to help 
open their eyes to the possibility <laughs> of yes, you can do this. Like you said, you can sell one cup of <laughs> lemonade. You can one cup of sell lemonade at a time. Cup of lemonade. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, by the way, Jeremy. There, you know what? I still have quite a few questions that I want to pick your brains on, but just the respect, I normally allocate a 50 to actually even less than that, 40 to 50 minutes, but uh, time goes by really quick when you're just having fun and I get to kind of pick your brains on all the lessons that you've learned. And thank you so much for being so open to sharing all of that. Um, so before we said goodbye to everyone that's watching, are there any last words of wisdom you might have to say to those who are perhaps out there thinking of becoming an entrepreneur and still not sure or have just started the journey and uh, how to scale up and get to the next level? Um, I would say that um, the, uh, the, the illusion to let go of the illusion of a race because um, the people that you think you're racing against don't know that they're racing against you. Mm. And so everyone is, it's, it's not running their own race. Everyone is on their own journey. Um, and for you to honor yours by knowing yourself first and knowing what you want to experience. The moment you do that, things get so incredibly simple and get so incredibly clear that you can say no to a lot of things and you can say yes to the things that align with what you want. Um, the last thing I will say is, again, have fun. I mean, if you're, if you're creating a business, why, why would anyone want to create a business that they don't look forward to going to? You know, that's the, that's the biggest freedom that we get. We get to learn and we get to design a business that is meant for us. So design it in a way that you don't, you, sh you don't have to should on anything. Well, they told me I should do this. Well, does that feel right? No, then don't do it. There's another way. And just have fun trying to find the way. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. So for everyone listening, if you really enjoy what Jeremy has shared so far, you want to get to know him more, if you want to listen to more of the conversations that he has, you can definitely connect with him on his Facebook um, as well. He's on my list, so you can definitely find out. Uh, and you can also, if you're watching the live and if you're listening to the podcast later, I'll put out other links as well to his podcast as well. And his podcast is called The Talk, uh, a podcast by CEO Parents. So you can actually search for that and listen to upcoming episodes, which I'm very excited for you. Sounds like a wonderful year coming ahead. And so once again, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on to share all of your experiences and lessons. And to everyone that's uh, watching, once again, thank you for spending your Friday evening with us here. So I look forward to the next Friday on uh, Heart to Heart with Mai. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and listen. As always, if you hear something that resonates with you, or if you had some insights to add, remember to send me a voice message and leave me a review. Also, take a photo of the episode and tag me on it on social media. I'm on Instagram as Heart to Heart with My. Thank you and look forward to have you 
tuning in for the next episode.